The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chance. Well, that is a dreary performance by the Edmonton Oilers as they are flattened 4-1 tonight by the Philadelphia Flyers. The Oilers, quite frankly, never really in the game. They flirted with making it interesting late in the second period, but then gave up a shorthanded goal to fall behind 3-1. And then, quite frankly, one of the poorest third periods that you will ever see by a team trailing by two goals they gave up another goal four minutes into the third period and were outshot 17-4 by Philadelphia. So for some context, if the Oilers uh, were to have won this game in regulation time, they would have had to score on every shot on goal they had in the third period. And that wasn't happening against Carter Hart, who was good tonight, made all the saves he needed to make. With uh, 22 saves overall, Philadelphia shooting Edmonton 33-23. Jack Campbell, I thought, Rob and I will talk about it as we go along tonight, I I thought he had a a decent game, probably wants the shorthanded goal back. But uh, again, as we saw last uh, Wednesday in Vancouver, the whoever's in net for the Oilers not getting a lot of help up front as the Oilers drop to one and three on the season. It has not been long since they started a year one and three. It happened in January of 2021. That was the start of the 56-game season when they only played other Canadian teams. Uh, They started with four home games, lost 5-3 to Vancouver, then beat them 5-2, and then lost 5-1 and 3-1 to Montreal. And They didn't look very good out of the gate uh, last season. uh, We know about last year, they started with a six-game homestand. We're 3-3 on that. We're 10-10 after 20 games. So they have been through this before. However, it's not pleasant for uh, those of you in oil country to go through it, and obviously you see some concerning things when really, Rob, uh, what are we up to now? 12 periods? I, I would say the Oilers have looked good or very good maybe in five of them. I, I mean, quite frankly, I, I think seven of the periods have been um, below average or or downright poor, I, I would say, in terms of how this team is, is executing and their attention to detail. Yeah, I agree. I think five might be a stretch. I'm thinking of four in my head. Uh, I don't think they were good in the first period or the first half of the game against Nashville. Campbell kept them in. The shots were 11-3. to three. Uh, To me, it's there's a lot of things that you could talk about, but one that we've seen, and I just talked with Bob about it, the teams that have played the Oilers and beat them, when the Canucks beat them in game one, and tonight the Flyers played with a, a bigger desperation. Uh, their compete level was better. Their battle level was better. Uh, how many times tonight did we see shots blocked by the Philadelphia Flyers, a couple of them turning into odd man breaks? That's players getting in the shooting lane. And that's something we talked about in the first few games that the Oilers weren't doing, why all these pucks were getting deflected in. They weren't getting in the lane. Guys diving on the Flyers to poke the puck out of the blue line or to poke the puck into the blue line. Uh, it's a desperation that the Oilers haven't had in their game yet. And uh, uncharacteristic turnovers. Uh, to me, this was one of the most I've ever seen by Connor McDavid in a game. The turnovers that he had uh, on the power play, a number of them, the one that created the shorthanded uh, goal against. So the Oilers just from top to bottom, I, I think there's, uh, there may be two players 
in the Oilers lineup that you can say gave you a consistent effort that you would expect from them each and every night in four games? I think Fogle has been good in all four games of the season. And I think Holloway has given you that effort in all four games. I think the rest of the players have underachieved. And a big reason why the Oilers are are one and three on the season in a in a stretch where the Oilers had a pretty good uh, schedule to start the year off. I mean, the first these are all four games against teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, and the Oilers came out one and three against them. Yeah, I, I, I would. I mean, not that we want to let anybody off the hook when you're one and three, but in terms of what you expect from a player, uh, yeah, I think Fogel has been doing his thing for the most part, and. I mean, Holloway's a younger player, and I, I thought he's mm-hmm. at least been noticeable and and around the net. I know he hasn't been on the score sheet, but the the interesting thing here, Rob, it, I mean, tonight this was because we, you know the Oilers have some some great players, and, and we know that in the past there have been nights and and before you know certainly Kane and Hyman were here, nights where we'd be like, well. Geez, McDavid got two points and Drysaddle, you know, got a goal, and they lost four three because there's nobody else doing anything. But this is, and, and you reference it with some of McDavid's, you know, the McDavid uh, giveaway led to the shorthanded goal. Um, like the Oilers' big guys were as unnoticeable in my mind as we've seen them in a long time. Like I think even less noticeable than they were in the eight uh, one game to Vancouver. I mean, this was up and down the lineup. You just weren't getting anything. Yeah, I agree. And there's always a fear for the opposition when they see Edmonton coming in. I mean, we talked about it before the game. The Flyers got some inexperience on the back end. And then they lost the one guy that has experience, Stahl. He left the game early, and they went with five guys the rest of the game. One guy, I think, is playing his first or second ever game. Another guy is playing under 70 or 80 games ever. This should have been a game that the Oilers feasted on. But the Flyers came in with a game plan. They did not give the Oilers any easy uh, opportunities through the neutral zone. They they forced everywhere. They forced the, the Oilers to dump the puck in and challenge them to get it. And the Oilers didn't do a good enough job getting the puck back. So, yeah, I, I think the Oilers' top players, uh, it was an off night. Um, they rarely have them, but when they do, it's quite noticeable. And tonight, uh, it, they just look like they had a lack of energy in their game, and the Flyers uh, look like th- th- they had... Uh, well, the energy level, the battle level, and the compete level weren't even close between the Flyers and the Oilers tonight. And I don't care how much talent you have in your lineup. If one team's battling and competing and the other team isn't, I'm going to put my money on the team that has the battle level. Yeah, and you touched on it too. Very little sustained pressure from Edmonton. I mean, I'm just looking through the scoring chances I wrote down. I mean, Drysdale did have a good chance first minute of the second period. Fogel had a nice shot where he pulled into the middle on the two-on-one. He had that uh, quick breakaway in the third period. Then uh, Hyman's goal. I mean, to me, those <laughs> those were the four best Oilers scoring chances. Um, none of those were on the power play, Rob. I mean, maybe I'm missing one, but the the power play didn't generate anything, and also gave up the shorthanded goal. But so really, you know, four. Yeah, nothing against Hart because he made the saves he needed. I mean, Fogel had, I think Fogel and maybe Kane had a couple heavy heavy wristers on him in the first period, but he cleaned everything up. Just n- no sustained pressure from the Oilers. Nothing nothing on the forecheck, nothing where it's like, okay, maybe they're not getting a great shots, but they're you can tell the Flyers are getting a little tired here. Like they're just hanging on, and now the next Oilers shift is rolling out to keep it going. Like nothing of that. I mean, I, I, I can't think of a shift where the Oilers might have had Philly hemmed in for, even 15 seconds. 
I agree, and I don't remember a single time where the Oilers had one shift roll into two shifts, roll into three shifts, where the Flyers were under duress. It just didn't happen. I I don't remember some of the young defenders for Philadelphia being put under pressure in this game. A lot of the Oilers, and you talked about Kane had a couple hard wristers, but way from the outside that Campbell just caught, and there was no rebounds. So this was just not a a, a good night for the Edmonton Oilers, and it, it top to bottom. And again, these are wake up calls. Uh, for the Edmonton Oilers that when the Oilers have a compete level, they are hard to beat. They're just too talented. But when their compete level doesn't match the opposition, it just continues to give the opposition a life and, and they feel good about themselves. And then they start rolling. And that's what we saw tonight. The Philadelphia Flyers kept rolling. And we're also seeing so that was uh, an emergency alert going out. So, uh, and we'll keep you updated that on our uh, newscast a little bit uh, later on. Um, not to uh, obviously that very important one, but no. But the way the way our system is set up, I actually can't hear those. So I'm not going to even try to update it or uh, recap it. But you probably got alerts on your phones as well. And we'll have more in our uh, newscast tonight on 6:30. Chat Global News Radio 880 and uh, on the late news over on Global Television. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, with you as the Oilers fall uh, 4-1 to the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Rob, you were kind of mid-thought when we when we uh, came on there, but you were talking about Philadelphia, just that feeling that, that they could get rolling and, and really dictate the pace of the game for the Oilers. Well, and that's partly because the Oilers didn't have a push in the first period. And the longer a team plays with the Oilers, the more belief and that they'll have in their game, the more they think, okay, we can we can do this. We're out battling. We're winning these battles. And they just continued to get more and more confident as the game rolled on. So uh, the Oilers, three of the four games they've played so far this year, they have not been good enough to win. Uh, and the d- defensive disc- dis- uh, miscues, they talked a lot about the Oilers being a better defensive team. Well, this is, what's that, three of the four games the Oilers would have needed to score five to win. Yeah. And you, I heard you talking about Campbell, and I agree. Campbell didn't have an off night, possibly the, the shorthanded goal. The other three goals he had no chance on. So here's uh, you're needing to score five. That means the mistakes are huge. And the odd man breaks that the others have given up in this game. I mean, the one that Atkinson, Atkinson scored, I mean, this is about the third or fourth time that Bouchard has been beat for a breakaway early in the season. So the others have got to be much better defensively, not giving up these breaks. The others aren't getting two-on-ones. The Oilers aren't getting breakaways. The opposition is, and that's just miscues by the Oilers that are creating easy opportunities for the teams playing against them. Yeah, we saw Philadelphia execute uh, a two-on-two. I mean, I, I said after the first intermission, it kind of reminded me of a, a pick-and-roll in basketball, but it's not supposed to work that easily in hockey. Hmm. I mean, it's a it's a two-on-two. Uh, that was the Kulak and DeHarnay, I believe, back that turned into a – a tap-in goal once they got in over the blue line. And you mentioned uh, the Atkins- Atkinson got in behind Bouchard with Ekholm chasing there. Atkinson was uh, basically all alone in front for a, a knife-in goal early in the second period. And the shorthanded goal was, uh, you know, the McDavid giveaway in the offensive zone, and, and they take it down, and he's able to beat uh beat Campbell with the shot over the shoulder. So, yeah, so the goals where the Oilers had the puck or just didn't show enough awareness to defend the play. That that two-on-two one was interesting because, like you were saying earlier too, teams sort of try that, but it usually doesn't go anywhere near that smoothly for the attacking team. On the two-on-two you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, the one back in the first period, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's... Uh, 
it's one that you would love to, as a, if you're a minor hockey coach, somehow clip that and use that as video to teach kids. This is the proper two-on-two. You crisscross, which tries to get the defenseman's feet moving side to side, and then you skate in a lane. Now, I know there was a little contact and smart play uh, on the contact, and it just created, Kulak had to go so far around, and by then it's a two-on-one, and uh, Dayarnay just couldn't block the puck coming across. The one thing about Dayarnay, when you are that big a man, there is going to be space for the puck to find its way through you if you're going across on the pass. So, yeah, that was a perfect two-on-two. You try that all the time, and you're right. <laughs> Most times it doesn't work, but the Oilers didn't play it perfectly. And the Philadelphia Flyers, again, that's another odd man break goal that the opposition has scored this year, and there's been way too many of those for a team that's trying to become a better defensive team. Yeah, discouraging stuff for sure uh, out of the gate here for the Oilers who lose 4-1 to the Philadelphia Flyers. It does mean a $100 donation to 630 Jet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They are giving $100 for every goal this season. Um, yeah, I mean, Bouchard's minus three, Nuge's minus three, uh, Ekholm, Hyman, Dreisaitl, minus two, bunch of guys minus one. Actually, the only plus players tonight are CeCe and Nurse, both plus one, and both of them played north of 21 and a half minutes, but uh, not nearly enough uh, all over the Oilers lineup tonight. Let's hear what the head coach has to say as we go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Here's Jay Woodcroft. Well, certainly we didn't uh, live up to what our standard of work ethic is tonight. Um, you know, I thought the goals against that we gave up tonight were uh, three of them were off our stick. The first three were on our on our tape that, and we didn't uh, we didn't execute. There are plays that can be made; they weren't made. Um, we have a, a standard that we play towards, and we didn't meet it tonight. You weren't called the work ethic unacceptable. Do you, do you agree Who with that? Uh, Warren Fogel? Yeah. Call it unacceptable? Not to our standard. Yeah, certainly. Fucking uh, not not good enough. Excuse my language. Uh, it's been two, probably two, four games that you felt that way. Certainly nobody was happy about the first game. I mean, that's half the season. I know it's, I know it's early, but... You feel like it's becoming a bit of a concern for for you guys the way that you're competing. You know what? I thought our game lacked urgency today. I thought, um, you know, uh, I didn't see second and third effort um, in all areas of the game from from up and down our lineup, not to our standard. But as I said to Tony, we play towards the standard and wasn't there for us tonight, and that's disappointing. Um, it's going to have to get fixed quickly here. Is this a team that thinks we got all the skill in the world, but we don't have to work hard? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're past that point. I think sometimes younger teams at different life stages might feel that way uh, if they have a bunch of skill and that they can go uh, go and, and earn two points just based on their skill level. I think where we're at in our life stage of our team, we should know better. We should know better. We've been in a lot of playoff wars. Uh, we've gone through some adversity here over time um, that uh, isn't always fun to go through. And we know we have a recipe or a standard that we need to play towards, and we're falling short. We're falling short right now. We have better. 
We have to show it. Let me ask you this. Is this a team that knows that, that you know, the real games, they're coming down the road? It's about, it's about April and May and June, and maybe they're taking a while to get their foot in the pedal here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't. I don't see that. I live in the in the moment, uh, and that's kind of been our mantra here: is that we want to take care of our day. Well, we haven't taken care of our days. Uh, we haven't done a good enough job taking care of our days. Our belief is that if you take care of your enough days, you're ready for when it when the bullets fly in April, May, and June. Uh, right now, we are. Um, you know we're not at the level we need to be at and that is uh on all of us um you know we can't afford to um let games get uh, washed away here because the points that are on the table here tonight that we let get away from us they count the same as the ones in the last two weeks of the season during april good thanks Okay, that is uh, Jay Woodcroft, uh, clearly upset uh, sometimes when we're doing things, uh, uh, playing things live or close to live. Some language might leak through. I don't, don't know if that word got on there or not, but we uh, apologize if anybody's offended. But probably a lot of Oilers fans are using that word or variations of it, Rob, uh, <laughs> after, <laughs> after a game like that. I mean, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't up to their standard. And as he said, this isn't a... This isn't a team that has an average age of uh, 22 that hasn't figured it out and scored six in their last game and, and thought they were going to win 10 in a row. I mean, they uh, they should know better. I, I think they do know better, but th- they certainly didn't didn't look like it for most of this game. Well, we, we've heard uh, Woody a lot on the radio over the last year and a half, and he is usually very incredibly well-spoken, win or lose. Uh, when you hear, and it I, kind of shocked me, I'm like, I'm listening, like, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, you know there's some frustration. And sometimes starts to the season go your, don't go your way, and for a lot of different reasons. Maybe you don't get the goaltending you want, bad bounce, bad refing, uh, any type of thing. Sometimes you have an off night, but the Oilers, you know, there's three efforts that I don't think they're ex- too happy with. And this is a team that came in with focus. They came in a couple weeks early for captain's gates. They started putting systems in, defensive systems in, in the preseason and training camp. Uh, this is a team that was supposed to be completely focused and on one thing, and they can get there. It's, it's not out of the realm that they throw 10 or 11 wins in a row uh, together, but there is a frustration right now that they're not playing the way they need to play and it's some of it is mental errors we saw a bunch of that uh woodcroft talked about the fact that three of the goals the first three were all plays where they had the puck on their stick and they made bad reads bad choices with the puck they're they're getting beat for odd man breaks for breakaways i mean those are sometimes you can lose a battle but there's times where it's there was no battle and there was no thought process and i think that's what frustrated the coaching staff and i'm sure a lot of the players in the dressing room so there's a because the others have had a weird schedule to start with where they've had some extended breaks between games they're now in a part part where they're playing you know game on game off day on day off so they should be back quickly to play on on saturday which is what you want as a player because this was a, a, a will be a bad taste in their mouth tonight because this is a game that at no point did you think, you know what, they're one bounce or one break away from turning this game the other way because at no time in this game did the Philadelphia Flyers look threatened. Yeah, that's a good point, Rob. And even though they had that opportunity to tie the game late in the second period, as I said to you after 40 minutes, um, you know, Hart looked 
Hart looked good. I, I know he needed to be tested more, but he made every, he made all the saves he needed to make. I mean, the goal that Hyman scored on him, that was about the only time an Oiler was all alone in front of the net, and Hyman made a nice shot. But even if the Oilers would have tied it 2-2, then you got to try to get a third one on Hart, right? And he didn't look like he was giving up very many tonight either. No, and, and he, like a lot of players, get up for games against Edmonton, and even more so being a hometown kid. He knows that every one of his family members, friends are watching this game, and he doesn't want to be embarrassed. He knows what, I mean, the Oilers just threw six in against Nashville the other night. So he knows that teams are capable. So he's extra ready for this hockey game, wanting to prove himself in front of everyone on TV back here. And I think the, the thing that you talked about too, when we've started after the game, the shots in the third period, 17 to four, we see a lot over the course of seasons that the trailing or the team that's losing, there was it shot effects is what they call, where all score of a sudden, effects, yeah. the score effects, where all of a sudden the, the shots just skyrocket. So you team that's losing by three outshoots the other team 15 to four in the third period because it doesn't matter. Well, this is a game where the others were down and they get outshot 17 to four. And I think that is also incredibly disappointing and frustrating for Oilers fans and for the coaching staff. It's like there wasn't that moment in the third period where there was going to be a push. And the Oilers know if they get a, a, a break and get a, a power play or if they get their top line into a face-off in the offensive zone, they're capable of scoring quickly. But they never, ever forced the, the, the Flyers to take a penalty and they never gave the referee a chance to make a call because they were second best all third period long. Yeah, that's a great point, Rob. And about the shots, which don't, I mean, even the other night, I know Nashville got some shots early, but they also got uh, a few in the second half of the game once they were already down and, and quite frankly I, I mean last Wednesday I said and I think you more or less agreed with me even though it sounded a bit crazy 8-1 might have flattered the orders mm-hmm. I mean yep. 4-1 might flatter the orders tonight because I thought if you had to rank Campbell's saves probably three of his six best saves were in the last five minutes of the third well they just kept getting odd man breaks yeah <laughs> they kept getting partial breakaways two-on-ones, guys walking into the slot by themselves. How many times did you see tonight, and I, I can remember three or four in my mind, where there was a, a, a shot and then a rebound came out, and there was five or six players in front of the net, and it always seemed to be the flyer that would get it in about the hash marks and turn around and have another shot on net. They just they won those battles as well, whereas the Oilers, I can't remember, outside of, you said, the Hyman chance in front of the net. I don't remember the Oilers having any flurry in front of the net. And the only flurry that they had around the goalie was Kulak, who was standing behind the net trying to poke the puck in. So the Oilers, they were not good enough in the hard areas. And that's in the blue paint. That's at both blue lines and getting pucks across the center ice line to make sure you get you don't take an icing. The Oilers weren't good enough in any of those areas. And that's why the Philadelphia Flyers won the game. And that's why you heard... Um, profanity and frustration in the coach of the Edmonton Oilers after the game because uh, tonight, after, especially after a, a slow start to the season, you get the big win in Nashville, you're thinking, okay, we can come out two and two, great road trip going home, and the Oilers were flat from the beginning of this game tonight. They were just flat. Yeah, absolutely. 4-1, Philadelphia wins it. Jim is a winner of Set the Line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. He gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. The line was two and a half combined points by Fogle and Hyman. Well, Hyman scored, so it's under. Jim took the under. He gets it. Let's hear from Warren Fogle. 
Warren, when it comes to your team's execution tonight, uh, how do you assess that? Uh, not good. Um, you know, we, we simply just got outworked. Um, you know, they, they wanted it more than us, and you can't win a game if, if you don't want it. So, um, yeah, execution wasn't good either. I think that's what's kind of been hurting us the last couple games is we're just not clean, we're not quick, and, you know, when we are quick, we're, uh, we're a dangerous team, and right now we're not. Warren mentioned that worked. Why? Why do you think that was tonight? Yeah, I don't really have a simple answer. Is uh, you know we need everyone on the rope, and, and tonight we weren't. You know, Jack played a hell of a game again, and you know we need to have better starts. You know, we can't be expecting Jack to make Grade A save one by one. There, um, it's just not good enough, and, and and we know we need to be better. So, the first game of the season, you got outworked. Uh, second game, you're good. Third game, you're good. Fourth game, you're outworked again. Uh, does it become a problem now? Is this an issue here? Um. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I know. I think. Uh, yeah, it's just unacceptable. You know, it's the NHL. You're not going to win um, games just off by talent. You know, it's it's work first, and then you use your talent. And tonight we we simply didn't work, and um, you know we didn't even really use our talent. We didn't really execute. Right, we were stuck on our own end a lot, a lot of turnovers, and um, you know we need to help each other out out there. And, and tonight we didn't. A lot of expectations on this team, especially after conference final, second round. Seem like this is a team that could be a cup contender. Do you guys, how far away do you feel like that you are from that right now? Just basically, yeah, we have high expectations as a group. Um, you know, we all came into camp a bit earlier and and set to uh, to work hard there. And you know, I I, I just don't have a, a great answer for you right now. Tonight was unacceptable, and we need to be better. Yeah, I mean they're obviously uh, frustrated and angry, and uh, you know they're the ones that are going to have to do something to, uh, about it, Rob. I mean, I, look, uh, I, I engage in it because I, I work in sports broadcasting, so you talk about that kind of stuff. I, you know, on preseason predictions, we, Bob and I, and Jack and Cam, Escott pick all 16 playoff teams. You know, I do interviews on other radio stations about the Oilers' outlook for the season. That's fun. Really, it doesn't matter now. The, the last mm. two playoff runs don't matter right now. You, and you can't play game 83 right now. Uh, and, I mean, look, I'm not saying, no, now I think this is a bad team or a lousy team. Because they're not. But it's like you heard it in Fogel's voice. It's almost like the what the blank is going on. Like, who are we right now? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they have an expectation. And that's what's their – and when you ask them, why aren't you – why are you getting outworked? Well, you have no real – reason why you're getting outworked because you don't come into a game expecting to it's not like before the game they're like yeah i'm not feeling it tonight maybe if we just give 60 percent, we'll be able to sneak one out every player that came into the game tonight expected to be at their best and it didn't didn't work out for them and you, you go back to the the room afterwards you're like huh wow that didn't seem to go our way and there's no real reason other than uh, the other team was better in all the different aspects. And you got to go back to the drawing board. I think for me, the biggest thing right now that I see that the Oilers have to fix, we saw it in the playoffs last year, that the Oilers had defensive miscues and were needing to score five goals to win hockey games. And the Oilers are capable of doing that. But sometimes you run into good goaltenders tonight. It was Hart. Uh, Demko had a great game. Or sorry, not Demko, the backup goalie. DeSmith, yeah. Um, DeSmith had a great game in game two of the season. Last year was Aiden Hill. 
a number of great games where you're forcing your team to score five goals. And in three of the four games this year, the Oilers have needed to score five goals. Stuart Skinner, after game two, they lost 4-3, thought he played well. Said, you know what, I, I felt good out there. Tonight, Warren Fogle just talked about Jack Campbell. He played great for us. Gave up four goals. That means you're just giving up too many easy opportunities because your, your goaltenders are playing well and you are needing to score five goals. That's not going to win you playoff series because once you get into the playoffs, you don't run into a poor goaltending effort. The opposition all have good goalies. Now you're putting too much pressure that you need power plays. You need power play goals. Your star players have to score. Your role players have to produce. And that's a lot of pressure every night to have to score five goals. 4-1, the Flyers win it tonight. Cam Atkinson scored twice. He's the first star. Owen Tippett, the second star goalie. Carter Hart, the third star. The fourth star is for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. Uh, Rob, I'll just give it to Zach Hyman because he did get the goal tonight. So we'll just keep it simple <laughs> this evening after a pretty dreary game by the Edmonton Oilers. You're still going to hear from Captain Connor McDavid, and uh, we can hear from you as well. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. Back with uh, some of your calls, more chat with Rob and I as well. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Reverses it left wing to Ryan. Now up to Ernie. Went off his stick. Given away. Delorier will shoot. Save made by Campbell. He covers that up as Nicholas Delorier was coming right down the pipe. And the puck went right to him. Good save by Campbell. And that's Campbell's save of the game called by Cam Moon for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Campbell, 29 stops tonight, but he takes the loss as Philadelphia cruising past the Oilers 4-1 tonight. The Oilers will be back at it at home against Winnipeg on Saturday. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the senses. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Dave standing by. Dave, go ahead, please. Hi. Uh, first thing I'd like to do is uh, say hi to my girlfriend listening in on the radio. And then I have a uh, trade proposal, which I'd like to run by you guys. Okay, I'm just going to warn you something, Dave. Rob and I, in general, hate trade proposals. <laughs> I know. Okay. Can we go ahead, though? You can go, can go ahead, ahead, but we... we, we we're, I know, okay, I know, just be I know prepared. What, be prepared. I know what gonna, okay. Okay. <laughs> Stuart Skinner... Our first round draft choice in 2024, and Dylan Holloway in exchange for Carter Hart. Philly wouldn't do it. Okay, I knew you did. I knew. Would you do? Let me ask this: Would you you do that if you were Philly? Would you do that if you were Philly? Probably not. Right now, they're three and one, and we're one and three. We're we're desperate. Are you the gentleman that called in last year talking about Carter Hart as well? I am, Rob. Yes. Yes, I thought so. I recognize you. You like Carter Hart. And, and so do I, but so. that's why Philly wouldn't trade him. Yeah. They're, the Philadelphia Flyers are building around Carter Hart. And when you have a great young goaltender, you build around him. And he is a great one, young goaltender. When the Oil, or excuse me, when Canada goes to the Olympics the next time, 
there's a good chance he might be your starter. He's that good a goalie. Yeah, and I didn't. Th- thanks for the call. And quite frankly, of all the proposals we get, that was a better one. Yeah, it was. because you mm-hmm. you would have to give up quite a bit to if to get Carter Hart. The, yeah, I mean, it, there's no I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, Holloway's good. A first rounder would be probably a late first rounder, and then Stuart Skinner. But the thing is, I mean, Carter Hart wins you hockey games, and I still believe in Campbell and Skinner. I do. Uh, I think Carter Hart, though, has shown, and this year he's off to a great start to the season. Philadelphia is a team that uh, has got a lot of young players. We saw that on the back end. They need someone that can bail them out, and they got a great young goaltender in Carter Hart, and, and good on him. He's a, an Edmonton uh, area kid that is having a fantastic start to a season. He's, a, he's eventually going to be a, a goaltender for our Olympic team, and unfortunately for the Oilers, they weren't able to figure him out tonight. The way that the Oilers could have got Carter Hart is 32nd overall in 2016 because they took Tyler Benson Ed Carter Hart went 48th yeah well that may have been a better move I'm uh, just seeing was he he would have been the first goalie taken that year yeah he was Tyler Parsons went later in the first round has not played an NHL game Philip Gustafson went to Pittsburgh in the second round Evan Fitzpatrick went to St. Louis in the second round he hasn't played a game yeah and I, I didn't buy the I, I know there was a lot of Hart had, an, Hart had an 877 save percentage in 2020-21. Uh, I didn't buy that he was already washed up at the age of 22 he would have been at that time. <laughs> but, yeah, I just – again, it's it's the same thing. Um, no, Anaheim maybe is a different situation because they're going to be really bad probably again. But, you know, do you – with Gibson? Should have they traded John Gibson, or do you say, well... They should have we, traded him four years ago. Well, I maybe. think yeah. his body his body's just been worn down because they've been so bad the last number of years. Well, yeah, that he, his, just he didn't have good stats last year on a bad no, team. No, and it's just he's physically being beaten up from having to play so many games and, and being uh, peppered so much. I think they messed up because they were in a rebuild. They could have got a lot four years ago for Gibson. I just don't know if you're going to get that now. Yeah, and that's... I mean... The, I know it's fun to make the trade proposals, and we will we will listen as long as we're patient. And that one again, that one wasn't bad because you. But nope. some teams, I know nobody's untradeable, and we've seen some shocking trades in NHL history, and, and certainly some involving Oilers players. But some other teams might think, okay, well, that's a nice haul for Carter Hart, but then we don't have Carter Hart, so mm-hmm. <laughs> if we can't, just like you were talking about goal prevention, you know, ultimately. Goaltending is a big part of of goal pre- prevention. And who are their back? Who are their other two? Goals? Well, that's the thing is their backup hasn't played yet Samuel this year, Urson so that shows you how important Sandstrom. Carter Hart yeah. is to their team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the Oilers could could somehow get him and still have a lot of good pieces, that would that would be amazing. But again, I don't think Philadelphia is uh, looking to move him. Let's go to Jason on the Certainty Hotline as well. Hi, Jason. Hey guys, nice uh, to hear you again this year. Hey, um, for the game, yeah, it's obviously a, a bad effort from the team. Um, and I guess where do we go from here? In the sense that you know we're one and three, and does, is Holland always looking for that bottom six uh, scoring guy? And and where would you get him? Well, I um, I don't think they're gonna do anything short term. I I think yes, they'd like to round out the forwards. I think they're hoping. Now, right now, Fogel's in the top six, Rob. I, I think they're hoping some combination of Fogel, McLeod, and Holloway become bottom six scoring. 
Fair? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, but in all honesty, I mean, their Oilers' top six has to be better right now. Well, true. Five on five, they had one good game in Nashville. The other three games, five on five, the Oilers weren't good, and uh, they need a player like Evander Kane to be better. We're four games in, and he's got one assist on the season, and he hasn't looked like the Evander Kane that they need him to be. Now, uh, he missed a lot of games last year. He's coming back from the injury, just like uh, Connor Brown is. And they both those players will be better as they move forward. But to me, this wasn't a bottom six loss. This The game one, the 8-1 game, wasn't a bottom six loss. Uh, the Oilers uh, needed more from their top. And the, the the breakdowns that they had were from some of their defensemen that play bigger minutes. So, yes, Ken Holland's going to look for uh, at the deadline or just before the deadline. He's going to look for experience and maybe grit or, or, or a little bit of touch, but mainly grit for their bottom six. He's going to look on for the, someone to play in the uh, number... Four, five, six role as a defenseman. Someone would experience that way. But I think for the time being, this is the team that they've got. Because of the salary cap, they're not going to do much until probably March. They need to be better. This is a this team should be better. This is a team, this is more or less the same team they had last year that had an r- incredible run to end the season. And they actually got better, supposed to be better, because they got Connor Brown. They just have underachieved thus far. And they need to turn it around, and they're capable of turning it around. All right. If you're on hold, we will get you in. You'll also hear from Connor McDavid. We'll update the Edotown scoreboard for hockey, football, and baseball. 4-1, Philadelphia. Taken to the Oilers convincingly tonight. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. All right, an underwhelming performance tonight by your Edmonton Oilers. They lose 4-1 in Philadelphia. They are 1-3 out of the gate as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Flames won 4-3 in Buffalo. The Canucks lost 4-3 in Tampa Bay. The Leafs lost 3-1 on the road against the Panthers. Nashville bounces back from the loss to Edmonton, a 4-1 win against the Rangers. Los Angeles taking it to Minnesota, 7-3 is the final. Golden Knights beat the Jets 5-3. The Coyotes dumping the Blues 6-2. In the second period, Anaheim up 1-0 on Dallas. First period, Avalanche up 1-0 on Chicago. Seattle trying to get it going tonight. They lead Carolina 3-1 after the first and in the first period, Bruins and Sharks no score. Baseball playoffs, Astros leading the Rangers 10-3 going to the ninth so that series is uh, very likely going to be tied 2-2. Diamondbacks beat the Phillies 2-1. Phillies still up 2-1 in the best of seven and uh, the Saints have scored 15 points in the fourth quarter tied with the Jaguars 24-24 with about four and a half minutes left. I believe the Saints just uh, punted, or pardon me, the Jaguars just punted to give the Saints uh, a chance to drive for some go-ahead points. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown here for Harlan Ford uh, Overtime Open Line. Uh, Rob, as uh, the Oilers now come home, practice tomorrow, and uh, they get ready for the Jets on uh, on Saturday night. Um I mean, we talk about lineup changes. There, there aren't a lot of options for a team. With I mean, they, 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 I, I was, uh, I was uh, mildly surprised they made a change tonight. I guess putting DeHarnay in for Broberg uh, after a win last night was that just you don't want somebody to sit for too long, or what do you think? 
Well, it probably is, or maybe because Philadelphia is a little more physical, although I didn't see that. Uh, I said before, after last game, Bob asked if I would do it. I said no. When they said that they made the change, I still didn't like it as a player because Broberg played a game. They won first game of the season on the road, 6-1. Broberg was plus two in that game. He had a good game, and you're a young defenseman, and they're trying to find out what he's capable of doing. And the one thing that the possibility what Bob mentioned was that they wanted the, the size of DeHarnay against a big physical team in Philadelphia. Well, the Oilers, if they're going to get through in the playoffs, they're going to have to beat a Vegas, a Dallas, an L.A., all big physical teams. The Oilers want to know what they have in, Pro, in Broberg. Is he capable of playing in those type of games, or do we have to go and upgrade at the trade deadline? Well, you're not going to find out if he's capable if you don't play him in those games to see what he's capable of doing. So as a player, if I go out and I have a game, we win, I'm plus a couple, I play well, I fully expect to be in the lineup the next game, unless it's like a McDavid or a Dreisaitl coming back from injury. I wouldn't expect to be pulled out of the lineup uh, for just a player coming from the press box. So, yeah, I was a little surprised by that. Let's go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Devin. Hey, Devin, good evening. Go ahead. Hey guys, how are you doing today? Good. Um, I promise I won't have profanity on this, but I will share a little bit of frustration. <laughs> so uh, one thing I'm I've been really frustrated about lately, not just like to start this season, but going back to last season. Um, Whenever Evan Bouchard has played for the Oilers, which I believe it's been two full years, correct? Uh, um, yes. Yeah, because he didn't play much in the uh, pandemic season. Yeah. Okay. So um, I've, the thing that frustrates me when when he plays is um, I notice a lot of laziness um, when it comes to the defensive part of the game but I noticed that he also played like or actually I guess makes an effort for the offensive parts like the power play and such and I'm just wondering like I made a comment a couple nights ago about how um, Ben Gleason should be in for Philip Broberg but honestly I would prefer Philip Broberg um, instead of Evan Bouchard because I just don't think he gives as much of an effort on defense um, as a defenseman should. And that's kind of just frustrating to me because I, yes, yeah. he's what. Yeah, he, we'll, yeah th- we'll, we'll dove in. We'll jump in there, Devin. I mean, he's, look, I think sometimes Bouchard is frustrating defensively. He does lean towards the offense, which is why he plays. And as Matthias mm-hmm. Ekholm said last year, you don't want to take that out of his game. But I, I get, I, I think Devin is probably seeing the same things we're seeing, Rob. Some nights, I, like I don't think a player is lazy. I think just sometimes players are better at other things than, yep, you know, at some things than others. But yes, yeah, some nights he does get pushed off the puck. Some nights, like tonight. He doesn't seem aware enough, you know, with a guy getting in behind him for a breakaway. Yeah, I I think we've said this ever since the beginning with Bouchard a few years ago. The way he skates and moves, there never looks like there is a a determination in his stride. And that's just who he is. I play with a guy named Doug Doug Crossman, who was the same kind of guy. He's like, oh, I'm going to work smart, not work hard. But he always made the, the smart decisions. Bouchard has incredible upside offensively. 
EA is capable of having an 80-point season. He might still. He could have a 90-point season playing on this power play, the way he moves the puck. But to me, it's not a, a laziness so far this year. It's been a lot of misreads where he's – it's like when they're breaking out from their own zone, they're doing a stretch pass, the defenseman will look to the boards and Evan will bite. And he'll go towards the boards and then they'll throw it up the middle and it happened tonight and all of a sudden it's a breakaway. And Ekholm's trying to catch Bouchard's guy. And it's happened too many times this year. I agree. Bouchard has not had a very good start to the season defensively. And I think the minus five uh, really <laughs> illustrates that uh, in, in four games. And he's got a minus five, and that's with a two or three goals on the offensive side. So he's been on for a lot of goals against thus far. And it is frustrating when you see him get pushed off the puck or when he makes the poor decision. Uh, those are things that they need to continue to work with him. And I th- that was and also one of the reasons when they talked about having Bouchard and Nurse as their top pairing and matching them up together, I didn't like that pairing because I believe both Nurse and Bouchard are high event players. When they're on the ice, there's a lot of things that happen, both good and bad. And two high event players together don't usually mix well because all of a sudden you're going to end up seeing grade A scoring chances coming against. That's why Bouchard, I believe, has to play with Ekholm, who's as solid as you're going to get defensively, and he can cover up for a lot of the miscues that may happen when when Evan's on the ice. But 100%, Bouchard has not had a good start to the season defensively. And uh, the power play tonight uh, with Bouchard uh, went 0 for 2, though I I wouldn't uh, pin that just on him. I think it was uh, everybody. The power play update for Conlon Motorsports to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Flyers win at 4-1. Here is Oilers captain Connor McDavid. Connor, just your assessment of, of, of the night, how you kind of felt it went or what wasn't maybe as right as you would like against the Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, obviously not very good. Um, not what we are looking for. Um, yeah. Outworked tonight by the all accounts and outworked in, in your first game of the season too. Uh, that's half your season so far. Is that a question mark here? Is there something that's got to get changed? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, I think we all have uh, another level to get to. Uh, we haven't been there uh, yet this uh, this season. Um, you know, lucky for us, it's only four games. But with that being said, it's been four games, so um, it's time to uh, it's time to you know put our best foot, best foot forward here and and uh, and start playing good games you guys obviously have this elite end skill that can do a lot whether it's the power play or even at five on five but do you think sometimes you as a team kind of rely on that too much you kind of use that as a not crutch for lack of a better word but sometimes the work and that thing those types of things don't don't come because you guys have all this high end skill that was a really long question can you uh <laughs> shorten that for me sure. i don't I'm, yeah yeah no obviously you guys have this high end skill right and yep. But sometimes, because you have this high-end skill, do you feel like the work doesn't come because you can rely on that skill, or you feel like you can? Sure. Uh, um, I don't think that uh, we've ever had a question of work ethic in our room. Obviously, we've, um, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, we don't take lightly, obviously, and, and no one around the league takes lightly. So um, by no means do I think has it ever been an issue, and we've just sat back and been like, oh, well, we're, we're skilled and we'll win. Uh, it always takes work. It always takes... Um, it's hard to win in this league. Um, 
you know, really hard. And it takes everybody and it takes everything you got. So um, we got to get back to that. This team's never had, I mean, there's been expectations, but never expectations like this year. Mm-hmm. All of us guys, as Brian said, talking about June, mm-hmm. when you guys are still thinking about October, has that been in effect? Um, I mean, yeah. There's, I mean, there's lots of things you could maybe point to, um, but ultimately we got to get back to our game here. Um, lucky for us, it's only October. There's lots of season left. Um, with that being said, we got to get to it uh, pretty quickly here. What do you think of your, your power play tonight? What flows from this thing, I guess. Um, yeah, obviously we can't give one up. Anytime you give up a shorty, um, especially the last minute of a period uh, to, to make it a two-goal game. Obviously, it's a big one. That's a big swing. Um, you know, and something that our power play um, uh, can't be doing. Um, you know, we've had a lot of success. We've done a lot of good things, and tonight wasn't one of those nights. It uh, certainly was not. The Oilers lose 4-1 to the Philadelphia Flyers. We'll uh, squeeze in a couple more calls when we get back. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Rob Brown with me as well. Oilers are 1-3. and three. Flyers are 3-1. and one. Philadelphia wins at 4-1 tonight. Uh, all right. Uh, try to get to a couple more calls here. To, uh, aim for brevity if you can. We'll start with Christian on the certainty hotline. Christian, go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hey. Um, I'm really excited for the season. I think the boys are going to go far. And these last few losses, losses aren't uh, something to be too concerned with, especially with uh, our goaltending. They've really improved and shown them they can handle it. So I'm pretty happy and excited. Well, I mean, they are capable of playing better. Uh, I, I think most people would reckon. I, I guess, Rob, the – when you see really poor games and you know that's in your team, you worry about seeing it again. I mean, the record is one and three. You're going to have four game stretches like this. For me, off the start of the season, you know, what if it becomes two and five or four and twelve? Because we know how once you get in November, if you're well under five hundred, it's it is it is hard to make the playoffs. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I can understand. To me, that's that's a concern. You know, if you're Three and nine, two and six. You keep winning at this rate, or whatever. Well, uh, to me, it, the wins and the losses are one thing. I, I mean, to me, this is a playoff team all day long, and I'm not worried about that. The one thing that you would there is a slight concern is the same things that the Oilers found cost them in the playoffs the last couple of years. The things that they talked that they wanted to improve on, those are the same mistakes and the same problems that they have right now. Just giving up too many grade A scoring chances, uh, sometimes being out battled, needing to score five goals to win hockey games. Uh, the Oilers will win game six five this year. They will score big game goals uh, like they did against Nashville the other night. But you just don't want to make that a habit. You don't want to have to score five goals because we've seen in the playoffs you can't do that against good teams. It catches up to you. So I think that's the one concern I would have four games in is the things that they talk the most about before the season start is still in their game today. All right, we'll bring in Sir Robert as well. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys, how you doing? Good, go ahead. Well, obviously, I mean, you know, starting one and three is not good to me. It's concerning, but again, it's, uh, I mean, as it's been said, they've only played four games, 78 to go, a lot of track left. Um, I guess I'd just say, uh, you know, a, uh, a quick question for Rob. Do you think... Uh, 
Do you, do you think that that the that the expectations are well? I wouldn't say too high, but do you do you think maybe maybe teams are seeing that and maybe stepping up their game? And or is it or is it maybe that plus maybe a combination of the Oilers maybe the maybe the nerves of the high expectations. I don't think the high expectations bother the Oilers. They expect to win the Stanley Cup. They did last year. They did the year before. So I don't think having it the praise heaped on them from press or fans affects them at all. They block that out. I do believe, and I don't think it's the teams that they play against. I don't think they're looking at the what everyone is saying about the Oilers I think the all the teams know what the Oilers are capable of doing they've seen them over the last couple of years they saw what they're capable of doing down the stretch last year the Oilers have the ability to embarrass teams they did against Nashville the other night Nashville got off to a great start in that game shots were 11-3 at one point and they give up six so I think teams are seeing that if we get astray at all away from our game plan if we don't compete at our A level we will be embarrassed. So I do believe 90% of the games the Oilers play this year will be against the team, the opposition team's best possible game because they do not want to be embarrassed against a very good team. So, so far this year, they've seen the best efforts of three out of the four teams, and those best efforts were enough. I think that's a good point, Rob, because, I mean, look, as, as much as we can say anything can happen, I think that there are probably about a half dozen teams that, we know aren't going to the playoffs and maybe four to six more that are going to be hard pressed to make it. And you reflect on the bad years in Edmonton. I mean, we still talk about those games. The orders beat Chicago nine, two and eight, four. Those orders teams were terrible, quite frankly. Right. But Mm -hmm. well, at least we had those wins and that's how some of the poor teams might look at beating the orders or Colorado or Vegas. Right. They'll be able to say, well, we only won 17 games, but we went, uh, you know, two and one against Edmonton. You know what I mean? So I think I think there is something through that. Hey, buddy, thanks for checking in tonight. We'll see you at the Raycott Saturday. Sounds good. Uh, I think a couple callers we didn't get to. I apologize, but I got to be out here for the 930 news uh, so you can get me your stuff tomorrow on Oilers Now or Inside Sports or after the game on Saturday. So tomorrow, Bob and I are going to do our shows from Claire Drake Arena leading into the Golden Bears hockey game. Well, I guess I'll be on while the game is on. Bob has Oilers Now from 5 to 7. I'll have Inside Sports from 7 to 8. On Saturday, the Elks at Winnipeg is on Kiss and Country 103.9 starting with the countdown to kickoff at 3.30 hosted by Brendan Escott the game is at 5. The Oilers and Jets from Rogers Place is right here on 6.30 Jet. Face-off show at 6.30 and the game at 8. Get more on this one on 6.30 Jet.com. Oilers Hockey presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers does not go well for Edmonton tonight. A 4-1 loss to the Flyers. Big thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 